Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. We, could we stand, please? We bow our heads and say, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here today. We thank you for allowing us to live in the greatest county of the greatest state of the greatest nation in the world. We ask that you be with us today as we make decisions for the greater good of this county. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Uh, if you will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance to the U.S. flag, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And if you'll uh, lead us in the Pledge to the Texas flag as well, Ms. Pizza. Honor the Texas flag. I'll make a motion that we open the meeting. Do I have a second? Second. Seconded Second. by uh, Commissioner Sternoff. Am I right, Ms. Peterson? That's correct. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, the uh, minutes from the last meeting, have y'all had a chance to look at that, guys? Yes. Anybody want to make a motion to approve the minutes? I move we approve the minutes from the January 26th special and regular meeting. Commissioner Birkenhoff? Second. Seconded by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Public comments. We've got two people, I think, Ms. Featham said, has signed up to make public comments. Who, who has signed up, Ms. Featham? These two gentlemen right here. <coughs> Good. I, I would defer okay. to Miller to yes. the, the other individual because of the introduction. Mr. Ripper, if you want to go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'll be glad to. Sure. Okay. Uh, judge, commissioners, thank you very much for letting me speak today. Uh, my name is Ken Ripper. Uh, I'm a retired civil engineer, so that means I have an opinion on everything. <laughs> and uh, I live over near the metropolis of Walhalla, Texas. Almost heaven. Um, I have notes. I'm going to try not to read them, but I am going to use them for reference. Uh, as rural and unincorporated areas of Bibb County become more and more developed and subdivided, I think it's a very important time to address various aspects of development that we never have had to look at before. And I have six or seven that I'd like to go through. I'm going to go through them quickly, but if there's any need for follow-up, uh, I am available to the court. Uh, stormwater. I think this is the most critical and sometimes overlooked uh, issue. Uh, if you take ag land today and you put it into a development, a, a division, and you parcel it up into smaller areas, the runoff from that ag land, whether it was farmed or cattle or grazing, the water is going to, it runs off at a slower pace from a thunderstorm than if it's developed. If you have hard surfaces, you have buildings, you have the water sheds quickly. What it means is that water is going to get into the ditches and streams, the road ditches and and it streams much faster than it has in the past. That's going to cause areas to flood that never flooded before. There's an easy solution. It's not a no. The solution is good stormwater calculations that might require a detention basin to release the water at a slower rate so that it doesn't cause the flood. For, for consideration. Uh, when developers come in and want to give detailed plans, uh, the next one uh, has to do with transfer of subdivision roads. I'm told, I understand, that some of you excuse me, have been talking about, am I wrong? <laughs> some of you have been talking about letters, posting letters of credit, or having the developer post letters of credit or security to ensure that when the county takes over those improvements, that the, the developer is still responsible for hidden or 
damages to the road that are not obvious when we take them over. If we as the county take them over too soon, it's an expense to the taxpayer. I suggest, I would hope that you guys continue to pursue that. Uh, uh, one other thing, I believe with regard to this, there is a requirement uh, from time to time when an oil and gas operator uh, comes in and does work, the county requires that operator to repair damages to roads that they caused. Makes good sense. And that's an agreement that the county and the operator enter into. I think that same thing should be done with developers. Uh, and, and this way, we all have a stake uh, in, in the damages, and the county is not responsible for those costs to repair them. If there's damages. If there's none, there's no cost. Uh, slow down. Uh, the noise. This is what I learned. Nuisance noises in rural and unincorporated areas. The county has no say over that. The state of Texas does not allow counties to govern or give, uh, provide ordinances for noise, for nuisance noises. What it does is relies on, as an example, I have a neighbor put in a skeet shooting range and I get home from church on Sunday morning and it's pop, 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 pop. All I can do is go over to my neighbor and say, would you please not either shoot in my direction or cause all this noise? It's called a good neighbor policy. I can call up Roger Wunderlich, our, our, uh, our constable, and I can say, Roger, would you help me? And all he can say is go to that person and say, would you be respectful to your neighbors? That's all we can do. So here's what I'm, I'm requesting. I guess as citizens, and as elected officials, we should have an obligation to go to our, our elected official and say, can you change this? Can you give us some, some teeth so we, can re you know, so we can enforce the law on noise? Because uh, if you're in the city, you're okay. You're covered by the city's noise ordinances. But in the country, in rural, unincorporated areas, you don't have that opportunity. You either have to live with it or move. <coughs> Uh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm taking up too no, much. No, go right ahead, okay. Mr. Ripper. Okay. Uh, loss of wildlife habitat. As our bigger parcels get carved up into smaller parcels, uh, we know we're going to lose some habitat, whether it's deer or turkey or what have you. Uh, I would like to see developers offer as part of their own overall plan to set aside some areas for wildlife habitat. And I think Fish and Wildlife, Texas Fish and Wildlife could order some, could have some guidance there. But as an example, I have friends that live over in Bernie, uh, over at uh, Cordillo Ranch, Cordillo Ranch, I think it's how it's pronounced. There, 80% of their lot has to be native grasses. And they have the most wonderful life, wildlife, and I'd like to see that happen here. Uh, the, the next one has to do with night sky. I've recently become an astronomer. Uh, I've always loved the night sky. Uh, people that come visit us, they come out in our driveway and they look up and they go, I've never seen the Milky Way before. You know, like friends in Houston, Austin, what happens. And, and I would hate to lose that. So while Fayette County cannot govern and dictate, you need to have lights that shine down, and you need to have a certain amount of light. Don't light up the countryside because you're afraid of the dark. Uh, so I would ask that uh, developers provide consideration, maybe indeed restrictions, to shine lights downward. Don't shine them out. Don't light up the whole countryside. And uh, we need to keep them in the sky. Uh, fine, uh, one last item, and I will be quick. Uh, if you look back at our county roads, how did they start out? Probably wagon ruts between property, on a property line around a boundary. Over time, you know, they got dedicated as routes, uh, as a route to travel. 
probably got a little gravel put on. Later, the county picked it up, put more gravel on, and put, put a few ditches in, and then uh, chipped and sealed them maybe 20 years ago. And the whole time, these roads haven't changed. They're still very narrow. Their turn radiuses are very tight. Uh, they're kind of dangerous. If you drive 60 miles an hour, which most people are doing now, and uh, the roads are posted 20, 30 or 35, I think that's right, 35. Uh, and, uh, but people don't obey those laws at all. So as an aspect of reviewing uh, the developer's proposals, their plans, I think consideration, excuse me, should be uh, placed to, or should be initiated to look at the impact of traffic on those roads just from a safety aspect, not only for the residents that are there now, excuse me, but also for those that are, you know, coming in. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Ripper. And uh, you've made some good comments and we'll take that into consideration. Of course, as you know, we can't take any uh, action on this uh, at this time, but I will say this, that uh, the court, I think I speak for all the commissioners, has full faith in our inspector, Mr. Clint Sternadel, and uh, he does a good job of making sure that all of these restrictions are in place, but I'm not saying we can't always improve on that. Yeah, Mr. Sternadel's office is just down the hall here, so you feel free anytime to give him a, uh, have a conversation with him. I'm sure you'll find him receptive to your thoughts. But Judge Miller and commissioners, this is not a reflection. My comments are not a reflection on what we're doing. I'm. I'm looking out to the future. I realize that you know that uh, development in a higher density is coming, and I I want us to be ready for it and and uh, and, and proactive. Thank I, you. For I understood. That. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for letting me speak today. My name is Nathaniel Jesdell. I am the district director for uh, House District 85, which we currently reside in. I am representative Pittsman's man on the ground, if you will. Um, our district consists of five and a half counties. It's 202,000 souls. It's quite large, quite rural. The point is that Representative Kitzman can't be everywhere at one place. So in the event that he can't be there, it's my job to be there. Now, I do not speak with his voice. However, I am a messenger and I do uh, meet with constituents and stakeholders to be able to bring things from their concerns to him at the state level. Now, our district office will be in Belleville on the second floor of the courthouse. We're getting the furniture moved in there now. but. Um, you know, yesterday I was in Waller, next week I'll be in Wharton. I travel all over the district and meet with everybody. I wanted to have the opportunity to give you all my content information here. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime in the event that you can't get a hold of Representative Kissman at all. It's my job to be able to help you uh, meet with him, speak with him, talk with him. And that also goes for the entirety of everybody here in Fayette County. I mean, it's, I, I'm here to help you all get things done at the state level. If you have any issues, comments, concerns, um, that's that's why I'm here today. So thank you very much for your well, time. Well, thank you for coming to see us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm sorry. I have to say. Okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Um, I just in publicly wanted to thank Commissioner Birkenhoff for lending me four of his guys um, to move a bunch of books and heavy shelving, and and they they did awesome um, last week. I was just going to say their names out loud because um, I can't read Johnny's last name. Johnny. Guerrero. 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 Okay, that could be that one. <laughs> Alfred Ramirez, Richard Karsted, and Brandon Yamashek. So thank you for letting me have those guys for the whole morning. Okay, thank you, Ms. Feetson. Do I have a, I'll make a motion to accept public comments. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> motion carries. All right, the next item on the agenda is a presentation from the Texas Keep Texas Beautiful for Outstanding Achievements in Recycling. Uh, Judge Zapolak, where are you? <coughs> there you are. Okay. Good morning. So today we, with us we have uh, Rachel. She was the uh, past director, program director for Keep Texas Beautiful, Keep Texas Recycling. And now we have Zoe, and uh, she's the new director, and I'll send it over to Rachel and Zoe. Good morning, Judge, Commissioners. Um, this is my official last award that I'm presenting um, for Repeat Texas Beautiful. This one is extra special with for me because I've been with the organization for 16 years and worked with Fayette County. 
Um, we're here today for a couple of reasons, not just this. Um, we, of course, Zoe is, is new, and so I wanted her to see a really top-notch program like what you have in Fayette County. Um, you are recycling things that we don't even see recycled in Amarillo or Abilene. Um, you should be really proud of what you've built here in Fayette County and what's happening, and we're definitely proud to be a part of it. One of the other things that we're doing today is we've invited Burleson County out to see your program. They came a little bit earlier in the year and they are actually starting a recycling program. Um, a lot of the reason I think is based on seeing what you've been able to accomplish. And um, so they're going to tour some of the facilities today and see what's happening. Um, another thing is why I'm here is last year y'all joined our Coca-Cola Southwest Beverages plastic bottle recycling project. We're trying to increase the amount of plastic bottles that are getting to the recycling center in Fayette County instead of in our waterways, instead of on the side of the road. And part of that initiative, um, Coca-Cola Southwest Beverages provided a baler that's going to go into the new Round Top facility. So we're going to go see that. I'm really excited about that particular um, location as well. So. But back to the award, um, another reason why this was a special one today was because this year, or 2022, you recycled more than you have in the last 22 years with Keep Texas Beautiful. You recycled over a million um, pounds of material. I think that's a, a great accomplishment and I just couldn't let it go unnoticed. So on behalf of Keep Texas Beautiful board and staff, I'm here to present this award to the county for outstanding recycling accomplishments in 2022. Excellent. <laughs> we're going to go. Uh, how do you want to do this? Okay. And one thing I'd like to add to that is this is just the stuff that we recycled through Keep Texas Beautiful. This doesn't include the paint, the scrap metal, the brush. Uh, there's. Uh, Aluminum cans, all of that stuff that's not included. So there's. Why don't you come around here, ladies? Glass. Last photo. Yeah, absolutely. How do you want us? Like this? Yeah. Okay. Hold it. 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 Hold Well, thank you again, ladies. Thank you very much. We appreciate thank it. You. Thank, you. thank you for all y'all doing. Thank you so much. <laughs> The next item is the. Uh, oh, no, we have to we uh, need vote. Before we accept, uh, I'll do the motion and everything, but I wanted to uh, thank Paul Zaplak. Ever since he's taken over for uh, Tom Morris, I think he's completely taken the recycling center to the next level, and you can see by how much they recycle and how much you got everybody from the community involved in it and stuff, and I think that really means a lot for Fayette County. But they were going in the right direction. I know it costs money to do some of this, but he's making a whole bunch of that money back in different ways and trying to supplement what it costs Fayette County. So uh, I would like to thank him for all the hard work that he's put into the program. So he's really got his heart into it, too. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Super job. Commissioner Brosman, you is that a motion? We accept the award presentation from Keep Texas Beautiful for the outstanding achievements in the recycling center for 2022. <clears throat> Commissioner Brosman makes the motion. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Zaplak is on the next item. Uh, approving the membership agreement between Fayette County and Keeping Texas Beautiful. So our membership agreement has expired and this is an annual thing. The only thing new with this contract is it's a two-year term uh, with them. Everything else is previously in our you know, contract. And then we did include um, the plastic in there as well. Uh, plastics, we don't have a lot of option and options and so uh, I definitely think it's worth it to include plastics in that. And plus, with the Coca-Cola grant that Rachel was talking about, we got $20,000 
uh, through Keep Texas Beautiful um, and Coca-Cola, so uh, we kind of are locked into that. So I did not include the metal and the aluminum. Uh, we've been able to outsource that at a higher price uh, to, you know, better um, to kind of play the market and see what the yeah. best time it is to move that product, and, and we've been doing very well with that. Okay. Thank you, Judge Zeppelin. Uh Do we have a uh, motion to approve the agreement? I move we approve. <coughs> uh, excuse me. I move we approve the membership agreement between Fayette County and Keep Texas Beautiful. Okay. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhall. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item on the agenda is to hear a monthly report from Clint Sternoddle. Just talking about you, Mr. Sternow, our county inspector and Office of Development and Permitting. Go right ahead, please. Good morning, Commissioners. Good morning. Good morning. So for the month of January, we issued 20 through 23 new septic permits, we had 21 inspections completed, and we had 21 new development permits over 18 the previous month and divisions of property were up significantly 10 from three the previous month and the three from the previous month might be a little misleading that would have been our holiday season in the month of december uh, so pretty low activity there but as far as all our septic numbers that's what we would consider to be kind of business as usual in okay will we accept the report from clint sternano motion has been made by commissioner brosman to, to uh, Accept the report by Clint Sternoddle. Second. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, Mr. Sternoddle, I believe you are going to address the next few items concerning the, uh, the uh, following roads and subdivisions. Can you talk about that, please? Yes, sir. So our first item is the Fayette Shores Cove. This was a subdivision in Precinct 1, uh, the Plum area. Uh, this was a new uh, road that has put, been put in and has passed its one-year warranty period. And with approval from the Precinct 1 Commissioner, we would add that road to the county maintenance. Yes, the road's fine. I was out the other day. I mean, there's kind of goes back to what we were talking about. There's no development on the road, but road was built good it's still still in good shape but we're at that point where we'll see what happens at in the future so okay so I move we uh, sign an order to include the following road located in the Fayette Shores subdivision Fayette Shores Cove as a county owned and maintained road okay a motion has been made by Commissioner McBroom second seconded by Commissioner Sternoddle all in favor say aye aye <coughs> opposed motion carries okay uh, Mr. Sternoddle Go on to your next one, please, in Precinct 2. The next application we have is from Terry Ward with the Hartfield subdivision. And do you guys have color copies on here? Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah, yeah no, I brought some. Uh, so this preliminary uh, layout is for 10 tracks, and I'll kind of go over that uh, with you. So the 10 tracks all have existing public road frontage label on your map there are three locations it's a little smaller print you can't see there's drill site one two and three uh, these were some existing oil field locations uh, that the developer doesn't really want to include in part of his subdivision so he will be transferring an entire deeded tract of those to the oil companies for them to maintain as they see fit uh, but they do meet all the county lot requirements the Kind of center of your plat there, you'll see what is section one with some lot numbers. So that will come back as a platted subdivision. Uh, so as you look down Hartfield Road to the, I guess that's the north side there, to the left on the map, those will all be meets and bounds, lots with road frontage, as well as the far right, track seven through 10, and then the right off of Parkfield Road to the right on your map. That's what we'll return to the Commissioner's Court in a future time for a platted subdivision. Those lots will have uh, two new county roads that serve as their frontage, Parkfield Hill Lane and Hartfield Meadow Lane. At 
this time uh, the road names and subdivision names have been by Ms. Moore for uh, reservation, but that's as far as we are this time. <clears throat> this meets all the criteria? Yes, sir. On the oil, and I'm just, the way I can do is show you. Huh? This right here, is that an oil site? Correct, and that's a, a 30 foot. Okay, there's a 30, so it'd be a 30 foot yes, flag lot. Yes, 30 foot laying out to the, yes, okay. essentially a flag lot. And that, that 30 feet oh. will be included or be an easement? Included. Okay. And then all of them are over two acres? Yes, sir. Yeah, Y'all have any questions of Mr. Sternaudel concerning the Fayette Shores Cove? No, no Terry not. Ward. Terry Ward right. of the Hartfield subdivision. I do not. Do I hear a motion to approve it? I move that we approve the preliminary plat presented by Terry Ward for the Hartfield subdivision. <laughs> Motion's been made by Commissioner Sternaudel. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. All right, Mr. Sternauto, we're going to move along now to the next preliminary plat from Jim Green of Hilltop Meadow Subdivision. <coughs> okay, and this is in uh, Precinct 4 off of Highway 90. And so this plat, preliminary plat, would include a new road and two acre lots as shown. Uh, this is between Flatonia and Schulenburg? On the west side of Schulenburg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just west of 2672? Uh, yes, sir. Just west of MHMR over there? Yeah. Right. Uh, so the preliminary layout here for Mr. Green uh, will be all the, meets all the requirements of the county. Uh, <coughs> One outside requirement would be for the access to Highway 90 being a TxDOT road. Uh, so the preliminary layout meets all the subdivision requirements, but before this comes back for a final plat for the commissioners to approve, uh, he will need to follow up with the process uh, that TxDOT requires for tying in a county-maintained right-of-way to a TxDOT-maintained right-of-way. Um, I have reached out to our local office and kind of let them know what the commissioner's court would be reviewing today. Uh, so they're aware of it. Uh, they said that process actually goes above our local one to a <coughs> district office and an area engineer for approval by TxDOT. <clears throat> it's kind of a weird spot where it is right there where they want to tie in the 90. Uh, we went out there yesterday and actually looked at it because Highway 90 is down real low and then it's a real steep hill after you go through the ditch. It's a real steep hill that goes up and that's when the property is all the way up on top. So, I mean, as long as TxDOT and their engineers, they can come up with something and they can figure out how to make it work, that's fine with us, but it has to go through their office first. So This, this is something that came up on uh, one of the other subdivisions on a farm market road because when they initially do it, they go to TxDOT and say, I need an entry. Well, this is not an entry. This is a subdivision entry. And it all came up on, the reason it came up is about this, who does the stop sign. Uh, but it, and that's when we found out it's, it's a totally different process if it's a subdivision versus just a single driveway entry. Yeah. And I've talked to our local office, and so before the commissioner's court takes a final plat action, we will have something in writing from them. So this is a preliminary plat. Correct. <coughs> Anybody want to make a motion to approve this? We approve the preliminary plat from Jim Green of Hilltop Meadows Subdivision, located in Precinct 4, pending the approval from TxDOT office for the entryway to the roadway. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. All right, Mr. Sternadel, we're going to move along now. The preliminary plat <coughs> from Davy Vonacek of County Reserve Subdivision, located in Mr. Brosman's precinct again. Yes, and so this, uh, kind of the same same story here, very similar layout, uh, new county road with cul-de-sac and two-acre tracks. Uh, this would tie into Claysville Road, a current county road, and this preliminary layout has had the road names and subdivision name approved by Ms. Moore and meets all the county's requirements. This is south of Schulenburg, Commissioner? Yes, off Claysville Road. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I move we approve the preliminary plat from Davy Bonacek of Country Reserve Subdivision located in Precinct 4. Commissioner Brosen makes that motion. Second. Second by Commissioner uh, Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Sternaudel, we're going to hear from you about the final plat from Sam and Diana Wilson of Fetter Estate Subdivision located in Precinct 1. Okay, and this is a final plat. Uh, this has been before the Commissioner once before. And so this plat shows the new county road, Better Feeder Way and Better Estates. Uh, this is off of Wonderful Road, Plum Area as well. Uh, any questions about that plat? I have a couple questions on it. And Kevin, maybe you can answer the question. Mm -hmm. I can point it out, but there's a there's kind of a dead space right here on top above lot two, <clears throat> and uh, it says part of the reserve of 1.61. Yes. But my concern is that's just going to make dead space forever that can never be used for anything. He's the, the owner is is keeping that as as reserve, and he's also got it's connected by a one foot strip around here, and then he's got a five foot oh, reserve okay. down here. He's He's keeping all that reserve, mm -hmm. thinking that um, the adjoining landowner may, may move a fence or, or he may move a fence at some point. But uh, yeah, that was that was his his idea was to keep that and all all that property as a reserve. The the only concern I have is that just makes it. I mean, that's the only person that could ever come back to that property is the neighbor. Yeah, it is unusable land. Yeah, forever unless. That neighbor takes it, or one of either side can take it, uh, or can purchase it, whatever. But it, it right. makes it. And then the other question I have too is: is a little right in that same area is a little jog in the road. He's trying to get around some trees. He that makes more trees, sense. Though. Okay. Yeah, there were some big oak yeah. trees up in that area. Mr. Burnson, I believe you signed on to address this issue, sir. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the reserve strip. Um, when I saw that, I wanted to make sure that y'all saw recognized it and knew what it was and I have several comments about this so the developer of this property owns the property to the west also and, and if you'll notice like you said this reserve strip it, it's it's up the west line it includes an extension of the road and it wraps around the entire north side and it includes that little no man's land so it's this really weird shaped piece of property now if he decides to develop more of his property to the west this reserve here on the west side kind of makes sense because it allows him to do a lot of stuff over here that he wouldn't be able to do otherwise. However, this reserve strip on the north side doesn't really serve <coughs> any purpose except to keep that northern neighbor from accessing this road. Mm -hmm. And you see this in a lot of places in reserve strips. It's usually a one-foot strip or a two-foot strip and it just prevents that access. So if that person wants access to the road, maybe they have to pay to buy that very valuable one-foot strip, and there's lots of lawsuits over such reserve strips. I don't, I, I'm opposed to it. I think it's bad policy. I don't know if the county has any ability to stop it. If you don't have a policy related to reserve strips, I'd suggest maybe I'll ought to look into that. I would, what, what he's done over here, I don't have a problem with, except that, you know, he, at some point, if he doesn't develop this in the future, he's gonna have some weird properties over here, like, like Jason mentioned. But this up here, this is, could be a disaster because he may never own this property. And this stuff, this entire stretch of property is going to be stuck in no man's land. Where are they going to put the fence? Who's going to possess that foot? Who's going to claim it after the statutory period has ended? Who's going to, make, who's going to mow the grass in that one foot strip? It's just, I think it's bad policy. We do have existing ones that just the same as that ready. And it keeps... Uh, your neighbor from developing and putting more traffic into that road mm -hmm. they don't have access to it they can't if you if you have a piece of property on the end of a road and it has this it, it eliminates them from developing anything and putting more traffic on the you bought that on a dead end on the end of that road and if you're going to allow the neighbor to cross that line well then you can't stop the development I mean, it's kind of a border to keep that from happening as well. Yeah, but my question is, why is that necessary? I mean, 
or it could be that could be an entryway to a whole other development back there. I understand, and and I understand private property rights and all that stuff. All right. I just I don't, I just wanted to make sure that you guys had considered the policy. Blake, uh, Mr. Bernson alluded to a lawsuit. You see anything problem? Any problem with this? Uh, well, I, I I think he was mentioning some some prior yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens before. Uh, I'm not personally aware of any cases in, involving this, but I I could look into it if the court required. I would like me to. That way, I could maybe give some better advice on the Clint, your thoughts about what Mr. Bernson addresses? Uh, I think it's a a good comment to consider uh, for anything in the future. At this time, the county doesn't have any. Uh, rule against it uh, relevant to this plat here today but uh, certainly for future consideration yes okay the the issue is before us today so commissioners any thoughts have we ever had this issue come up before has it been on a previous yeah. plat that you know of no this is the the first one that I'm aware of with the implement implementation of a new county road I believe if the county does not have an ordinance prohibiting reserve strips, you have to approve it. No, I, I kind of agree, and I don't, I mean, if we, we, we definitely think something we need to look into right. in the near future, but I don't, it's one of those things that comes up. That's what there's, it sounds like there's a lot of, a lot of facets to it. I can agree with the side that it's dead land, that isn't really usable, it's a maintenance issue. Uh, as well, we've heard comments today about adding more and more and more users to the road. Uh, it kind of prevents that. It, it's going to keep this a small, quiet road uh, having that. So there's there's good and bad to it, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Mr. Sternoddle, I know you're studying presently that uh, accepting of the county roads that we discussed last meeting. Correct. So why don't you look into this as well, and we can address this at a, at a, at a future meeting. But for right now, uh, do I hear a motion to accept this uh, plat? I move we approve the final plat from Sam and Diana Wilson of Federal State Subdivision located in Precinct 1. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. And opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Sternoddle, you're still here on the final plat from Jonathan Abraham of Serene Acres Subdivision in Precinct 3. Okay, the final plat of today's group for you guys. Uh, this one is off of Old Lockhart Road, and all of these lots, uh, there's no new public infrastructure involved with this one. All these lots have existing road frontage. Um, <clears throat> all of these lots meet the county's minimum requirements for frontage, access, and lot size. Uh, all are at least two acres. The two westernmost ones shown there, lot 11 and 12, are flag lots uh, with a 30-foot access out to a public road. And that public road is, is Lockhart? Old Lockhart Road, uh, yes, sir. Okay, anybody want to make a motion? Anyone make a motion to approve this since it meets county specs? I move we approve the final plat, <coughs> Jonathan Abram, Abraham of Serene Acres Subdivision, located in Precinct 3. Okay, motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you. Okay, our next item, approving three-year prevent pro-care maintenance quote for Fayette County EMS equipment. I think we have Mr. Josh Vandiver here. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, so this isn't, this isn't an item that I'm super happy to present to you guys. I do think that it's probably the fiscally responsible move to make. So prior to me being here, this was something we did every year. We paid for a pro-care contract. This covers our stretchers, the power load systems for the stretchers, mounted in the ambulances. Previously, it covered our life pack, cardiac monitors, and it covers our Lucas CPR devices. It covers not only preventative maintenance, but if it breaks, they come out they, at no charge. They fix whatever it is, parts, batteries, service, travel, it's all included. Um, what we attempted to do kind of last year was not do not go under contract and the year before not go under contract and see what this cost us on a per call basis 
Um, and what it all comes down to is basically before any parts are used at all, just them coming out with mileage, because they're based in, one of them's based in Georgetown, one of them's based in San Antonio. Uh, just them coming out costs us about $1,000 uh, per trip, and that's before they touch anything. Um, and then, so, A, this will allow us to get everything, you know, up to date on preventative maintenance. They'll put their little striker sticker on it and say that it's been looked at by a <coughs> But also, you know, we've been noticing some of the older stretchers getting a little sluggish. And we think it may be time to put something in place or we're worried that we may spend uh, a lot of money to fix or start replacing this equipment. Um, the price on here, I wish they didn't draw this quote out quite like this. The 68671 is actually the whole three-year contract. Um, and you do not have to pay that all at one time. You pay it in three, three split payments over the years of $22,890.63. Um, again, I have reasons to suspect that we are going to have some pretty expensive stretcher repairs. Uh, if not this year, certainly next year. Is that 22000 Is that over a three-year period? 22000 per year. Per year. For this service. Okay. And uh, again, the, re the reason I say I'm not a big fan of this, this is actually why in this year's operating budget, um, the commissioners approved last year for us to buy a stretcher from a different company. Uh, through ARP funds, we actually bought uh, a different brand of cardiac monitors. Um, I feel like we are overly dependent in Fayette County on this brand, on Stryker as a company. And I feel like that is the case in general in EMS. There's basically two brands, there's, there's three or four, but there's basically two brands being used all over the country. Those brands are Ferno and Stryker. Um, about 30 years ago, Ferno was who everybody used. Uh, you know, the, the guys on emergency, those stretchers that they were pulling out, you know, back in the day, those were Ferno stretchers. Ferno did what Stryker's doing right now. They captured all of the market share, they got really confident, and they started squeezing their customers for every dollar they can get. Stryker came along, they, they competed, they won, they won all that market share, and that, that table is flipped now. Um, I don't know if the Ferno stretcher is going to be the direction we go in the future. We're certainly going to try it out. It's actually in the ambulance bay right now, about to be installed in our new ambulance when it gets delivered. Um, but we do have this equipment. In, in all, this is about... This is about 300 to 400 on a conservative side, $1,000 worth of equipment that we need to protect because we use it on every call. Every call gets a stretcher, every call gets, not every call gets a Lucas CPR device, but every call gets a stretcher, um, and if we transport them, they're using the power loads on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, You've been with Stryker a long time, haven't you? We have. So as long as I've, so long even when I started in 2010, we used all Stryker products. Stryker, though, bought LifePack, our previous cardiac monitor. Stryker bought them. And so, as a company, they have been, I mean, they've been doing what any shareholder wants a company to do, right? They've been buying up different products, diversifying, and they really, they own the market. Um, there's not a lot of departments, period, around this part of Texas that use Ferno, but up in the Dallas Metroplex, there's a ton that are using Ferno. And then, in other places in the country as well, it's kind of split, it's kind of a regional thing. Um, the... So our salesperson for Strikers based out of Houston, and they're adding another rep for the, they have a Houston East and a Houston West. Ferno, the sales rep is from like, not Plainview, almost to Abilene. Like he's way out there. And he covers like four states. Um, so that's kind of, there's the, there's the disparity in the market share there. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. And if it does, you know, we'll look at moving more resources out of Striker. But for now, Unfortunately, I think we're just in a position where this is going to protect us from having some big unbudgeted expenses. So it's your recommendation to agree to this? It, it is. It is. I've, I've pushed it. I've told them no two years in a row. So just so you guys know, this contract six months ago was for $36,000 a year. And it's twenty two eight now. And this thing generally isn't getting cheaper. It hurt them big time when we bought $500,000 of another company's products. And, and they, they see that they see that we are not going to just play this game, so to speak, and they're being pretty aggressive in their pricing here. Still, it's still overpriced in my opinion, but. This also services the 
Am I getting my terminal to AEDs on the walls out here? So, no, I'm actually going to do that myself. I've, I've actually found another route to take care of that that's going to be cheaper. We're just, essentially, we're going to buy batteries. If there's a problem, we'll handle it on a case-by-case basis. Well, I've got full confidence in Mr. Van Dever's suggestion. I've got full confidence in him and his suggestion, so I make a motion that we approve his recommendation. Second. Second. Second is by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you all. Enjoy Thank you. Thank you, sir. Next item is uh, the Fayette County Communications Supervisor to use American Rescue Plan funds for the purchase of 14 wireless headsets and three base units. I think we discussed this last time, right, Ms. Um, we did, and I'm, I'm actually speaking on behalf of the Sheriff's Department because apparently they're pretty busy today. Mm -hmm. uh, this is for dispatch to have headsets so that when they are trying to run 911 calls, they're not inundated with all the noise that's around them in the department. So it's approximately $3,000. But since it's due ARP money, we have traditionally brought all that to you all. That's, and that's what we're doing. We have a motion to... Uh, I move we approve the request from the Fayette County Communications Supervisor to use the American Rescue Plan funds for the purchase of 14 wireless headsets and three base units. Motion been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Broom. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. I'll let them know. Thank you very much. <clears throat> the next item is acknowledge the fiber service drops plans of Colorado Valley Telephone Cooperative to install buried optic cables and copper cables with the corridors off Wrench Road in Precinct 1 and Holomachek Loop in Precinct 2. I move we acknowledge the fiber and service drops Colorado Valley Telephone. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternottle. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, Commissioner McBroom uh, wants to discuss several county offices. Well, it's kind of not really what the agenda item says because it's, it's not county offices. With the DPS sergeant's office moving in, we, have, we had to move a lot of offices out of the Meadows building. Uh, and some of them were going to need some interlocal agreements or memorandums of understanding. Uh, just kind of a rundown here, who's going where. The DPS sergeant's office will be in the first hallway of the Meadows building. Uh, the WIC is going to move to the second hallway, which we will need to get. There's no no agreement or anything with WIC and they've been there for 20 something years. We need to get that sometime once we get all this ironed out. Uh, the Rainbow Room was in the Meadows building. It's moving to the Main Street Annex. Uh, DHS Immunizations. This is an office we do have an interlocal agreement with. They, they interlocal agreements for 128 square feet of the Meadows building and they are literally there two hours once a month. Uh, I'm not very happy with the people because it's it's a it's a ill ill use of space. I mean, they're tying up some real estate that could be used. So I'm meeting with. They're sending five people down tomorrow. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Five people and they only come down two days, two hours, or one day a month for two hours, uh, and they haven't been here for three months. Uh, Colorado County Youth and Family Her Services. Uh, they do a lot of assessments on families and alcoholism, stuff like that. They're going to move to the Camp Street Annex, the first two offices when you go in the old EMS building. Uh, Veterans Affairs has moved to the Ag Building where Red Cross was. Prescription Drug uh, is in the Ag Building where Historical Commission was. Historical Commission moved to Founders Park. Uh, and then Human Resources, which is Paula and the auditors, are, she's going to be moving to the front office of the uh, Main Street Annex. So in a nutshell, we'll need some agreements with DPS who is, they're going to be providing an interlocal agreement for us to sign, uh, but we will have to come up with one for WIC, DHS, maybe, uh, the Rainbow Room, and Colorado County Youth and Family mm -hmm. Services. And those agreements, Blake will draw those up or? No. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We can work on getting all this taken <clears throat> But basically this is just kind of a, precursor to where everybody went and I mean this is I mean unfortunately with the time constraints of DPS these offices will be moving uh, hopefully by March 1st mm -hmm. uh, I have been pressing DPS that we really that's the main one we really need an agreement with uh, soon because that is 
a lot of infrastructure they have to bring in on their own. They really need an agreement first. So, and they're willing to do that. I mean, the sergeant is uh, is in contact with the hires up at DPS and uh, trying to get the ball rolling on their side. So. so we need to get these by the next meeting and have them at least DPS approved there? It'd be nice. The only problem is the DHS building uh, or that, that DHS office space because they actually have an agreement and they're, we can terminate it with 120 days. Oh, so yeah. But I really need it to happen. Or what we're trying to do is make them move in with WIC because they're never there the same days and utilize the same space. Which would be a lot better use of space. Yep. Uh, so that's what the meeting about tomorrow is. Okay. So, so what kind of action do we need today? I mean, just acknowledge the comments, accept the comments. Okay. I move we accept all comments considering the interlocal agreements with several of the county offices. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhall. Second. <coughs> Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Consider and take appropriate action in signing an affidavit certifying that the county made a grant in the amount of $8,000 to combine community action, Meals on Wheels, rural capital area for the Texas Department of Agriculture Feeding Texas Home Delivered Meal Grant Program. This is the, uh, <laughs> this is the money we give the nonprofits. Uh, combined Community Action, I believe we do give them $8,000, or do we give them $10,000? They use that money to turn around and apply for a grant. So it's it's kind of a matching grant on their side. And Combined Community Action is a great organization. They have a great board member <laughs> on their team as well. So I move we uh, sign the affidavit certifying the county made a grant with $8,000 to Combined Community Action uh, for the Department of Agriculture, Texas, Feeding Texas, Home Delivery Meal Grant Program. Motion has been made Second. by Mr. McBroom and seconded by Commissioner Sternall. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Constable Precinct 1 is with us. Acknowledging the 2022 racial profiling report. Constable Wrench? Yes, sir. <coughs> You want to uh, just go over what your report says for for our use, please? There's your totals. So. That's my totals. Yeah. Okay. State uh, according to this, I made 377 traffic stops last year. I issued uh, it was moving violations of 371. I had uh, 22 Pacific Islanders, uh, 36 black, 223 white, and 90 Hispanics. And no search and seizures. Didn't find no country town bound. I had 59 warnings and 318 citations. I'm surprised you don't have more females because they drive a lot faster than guys. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a prime example. They're lucky ones. Do we have a motion? I'll make a motion to accept the constable's report, the racial profiling report. I second it. Seconded by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Constable. The next item is Acknowledged Certificate of Completion Award to Brenda Feetsom, County Clerk, for completing 20 hours of continuing education. So, uh, Ms. Feetsom, you attended the, that continuing education, and, and you got a lot smarter, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so we, we acknowledge that, that you did this. Okay, I'll make that motion. A second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Consider and take appropriate action authorizing the county auditor to advertise for the financing of a 2023 backhoe with everything for the road and bridge in Precinct 2. Commissioner, you want to? Yeah, I talk about headed, 
I've had it on my budget for a couple of years and then I took it off and put it on and took it off and I think I should have left it on because it's time. <laughs> I got a 99 model machine that's due for replacement and I would like to go out for financing bids to purchase a new one. Well, I make a motion that we authorize the county auditor to advertise for that backhoe for Precinct 2. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Consider and take appropriate action concerning the fines and fees collected for the fourth quarter of 2022. As you can see by looking at it, the fourth quarter um, majority of it was down yet from uh, 2021. There are a few spots that were like the sheriff fees was a little bit more this in 2022. District clerks was a little bit more in 2022, but overall most of it was down for the whole. Um, Fines and fees, we were down by 152000 for the uh, whole entire year for 2022 uh, versus 2021. We were up by $667,000 in our sales tax. So our sales taxes were very good. That does eventually come into play and take into consideration when it comes time for the ad valorem. Uh, taxes when we're figuring budgets. He'll have to take that into consideration. Any questions on it? Anybody have any questions of Ms. Havelka concerning the fines and fees collected for the fourth quarter? Uh, I would just like to comment that on these, you know, you look at the totals for 22, and I'm not certain why three, precinct three is, I mean, you know, we're off to the next closest one by $140,000. And I was just wondering if the JP sometimes could come in and maybe address why, why we always are so, so much less than everybody else. I mean, I, I don't know what the reason is. And well, that, I mean, let, let me, let me, uh, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe let me inform you historically precinct three has been the lowest and, uh, the, the justices of the peace can only disposition what's before them. In other words, if, if more tickets, we're talking about traffic tickets now, we're, we're talking about fees and fines and so forth, because that's 95% of, of, of the uh, JP's office. But in answer to your question, it's not like the JP sit there and don't collect fees and fines. They can only disposition tickets that are written. So the bottom line is there's less tickets written in Precinct 3. Is it, could it be that if there's a lot of tickets written and the ticket is just dismissed and nothing's collected on it? I'm, I'm not, not saying that's what's happening, but I'm just asking. We've got, we've got, we have the largest precinct in the entire county and we, and we collect the least amount of money. You would, well, well, maybe I've got a lot, I mean, just maybe it's not as much. Well, uh, how we try I don't have an answer for you, okay. but DPS troopers historically have written traffic tickets more towards Schulenburg than they do in Flatonia. Maybe they start in Flatonia and they don't catch them to Schulenburg. <laughs> if I may address that, uh, I did have somebody in my office talking to me about it a while back because I questioned it too. Uh, and the sheriffs and them don't write as many tickets over in, in DPS in Flatonia area. They tend to you know, leave that side by 10 alone. And most of the time when they are getting it, it is closer to the Schimmelberg area. I think that's what I just said. And uh, Precinct 2, a lot of theirs is because you've got the game wardens out there working that area with the lakes and LCRA. So that's why Precinct 2, plus then you have Roger out there too a lot with Ellinger. That that's why their tickets have started to go up quite a bit. You know, maybe you are comfortable with Maybe if our constable would write tickets too, then we'd have a little more in our precinct because our constable doesn't write any tickets. I understand. Okay. Ms. Feetson, you got a comment? Yes. Um, if you notice under county clerk fees, we're down like 35000 in 2022. And I've spoken with Cindy, and it's on the criminal 
side. Can you explain that a little bit more? Because it's really out of our hands. I just want to let y'all know that it's not my office that's not doing it. It's the money that we've been collecting is not coming in. There again, it's, I think, with the court systems, some of the criminal <coughs> cases were behind. Because if you look, district clerk is the same thing. They're down too because of criminal cases trying to be caught up. And so that affects her when adult probation is trying to collect the monies. If the cases haven't been heard yet, you may not been collected yet. Sure. And uh, same thing pertains. In other words, the county clerk can only disposition so much. They can only disposition what's presented to them. Now, Commissioner Broom, uh, Commissioner Birkenhoff, in regards to your question, uh, is it possible those tickets are dismissed? Sure, anything's possible, but very highly unlikely. The bottom line is the troopers don't write as many tickets in Precinct 3 as they do the other precincts. I was just, you know, because we've got 609, and, you know, we don't have 71 go through there, but I mean, there's 77. Sure. You know, I was just like, we've got a lot of, I thought the major roads come through us. we got 95, and we've got all that. It just seems like ours. We're always, ever since I've been commissioned, we've always had the lowest collection. I'll just I, well, I was JP for 28 years, and historically, for whatever reason, troopers don't write as many tickets on that stretch of I-10 as they do closer toward, even though it's about the same mileage amount, and probably... That has a lot to do with the fact that DPS troopers are headquartered in Schulenburg. You follow me? Sure. Do I have a motion to approve the fees and fines collected as reported by Cindy Havelka? Did Billy have some? Billy, did you say something? Well, he was standing up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to make a comment about your 609s, hard to stop people on the width of the road. The only major road you got is uh, Interstate 10 and 95. 90. Yeah, uh, 90, 90, 95, 95, 95 and 90. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's how you trap your traffic stops, the way you got to work the size of the road. Thank you, Constable. Yeah. Maybe I'll just drop slow. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a motion we approve Cindy's report of the collection. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, consider and take appropriate action in revising the credit card policy to include credit card for Fayette County Extension Service. Ms. Avelka? What this is, is in the past we have done credit cards and have accounts set up for the Sheriff's Department, Juvenile Probation, and EMS, and I would like to get a credit card established in the Extension Services name. Their agents, they've got three of them. They are constantly going at least two to three times a month. And when I have to have one agent going in one direction and they take a credit card out, another one's going in another direction, they got another credit card out, that leaves us down with two in the office. And then someone else needs it, then I'm um, strapped for credit cards for them. Plus, it would be easier for me doing their yearly report if I had one statement to look at that is just strictly their travel. And I would just like those permission to go ahead and establish one for them. So the real change in the policy, we have a credit card and just be adding that department to having a credit card. Credit card account. I move we revise the credit card policy to include credit cards for Fayette County Extension Service. Motion's been made. By, uh, seconded by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, motion carries. Is this your uh, item, Ms. Avelka, the uh, 2022 budget amendments? Yes. Okay. And what this is, is, you know, in 2021, we always come in and we do a budget and we try to estimate what all of our budget's going to be and then at the end of the year I go ahead and I clean up the budget for line items that like road and bridge they have maybe not enough in their gasoline but they didn't use heavy equipment so basically what I'm doing is cleaning up the budget so all, all the line items are still in the red I mean in the black sorry and in the end yeah, one in the red. Uh, in the end we did come out very good with our um, Expenses versus our revenue. We our revenue. We took in more than we had spent. So, and here is. You want to hand that to them so they can see that. 
Um, the general fund, we still did come in with more revenue in our general fund than our expenditures. And overall, everything that we budgeted, we came in with more revenue than our expenditures. So I mean, for 2022, we look pretty good. I'll make a motion to accept that uh, the statement by uh, Ms. Avelka to make those amendments. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, motion carries. <coughs> the next item, final item, is consider and take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of currently due bills and expenses. I sent out the reports to y'all. Did y'all have a chance to look at it? Do y'all have any questions? bills and expenses. Motion has been made by Commissioner Broom. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Move we adjourn. Commissioner Grossman moves Second. we adjourn the meeting. Commissioner uh, McBroom seconds it. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion made. Uh, motion passes. We are concluded.